Hello, you're listening to Abiding Life Studios. I'm Noah Wells, and today in the studio I have Steve Reinhardt and Mike Yankee. They are both from Colorado Springs. Good morning, Noah. Good morning, Noah. Thanks for be- thanks for inviting us. No problem. How you guys doing? How was the drive here? Well, Mike drove pretty fast, and it's a it's a <laughs> we're just in the month of love. It's February, so I'm kind of excited about that. And that'll probably. Um, if it's typical, then I'll probably make a lot of mistakes and and I'll have to like figure out how that shakes out with my relationship with my wife. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I usually don't get up that early in the morning, so it's nice seeing the sun come up and uh, all the beautiful colors and all that stuff. So it was nice. Well, that's great. I'm glad you guys can make it. I know it was early, so thanks for doing it, though. Uh, so Steve, what uh, Steve has an idea of what we're going to be talking about. Well, we, Mike and I have just spent a weekend fishing together and talking about God, and we're and on Tuesday nights we've been talking about God's love. That a uh, bunch of guys get together in uh, in our neighborhood, and we've been talking about God's love. And one of the things that we've talked about in Abiding Life Ministries for years, ever since Sidetracked in the Wilderness came out, was our emotional concept of God. And what that means to us is um, we kind of have this emotional program running in the background of how we, not what we know intellectually about God, but what we actually feel about God. And so uh, so if I feel um, what we're talking about on Tuesday nights is that typically most of us feel that God's a very angry God. And, and because we emotionally feel that, the way we often won't turn to him or run to him when we feel a need to so because we think he's going to be mad at us right and so that's kind of what we're talking about so inside tracked into wilderness i think it's it's in there is this emotional concept of god exercise i call it so i'd like to do that if that's okay what do you do you guys have any thoughts about you know how we view god oh yeah i definitely do yeah i'm excited to Uh, Steve printed out some questions we're going to go through, and um, I'll put these questions on the website, probably under podcast, and uh, you guys can either print them out or just look at them so you guys can uh, understand what we're talking about here, and do it with your, you know, your friends or family or whatever, and see what you come up with as well. All right, so Mike, how about you? You got any ideas or thoughts on, on this? Um, yeah, I definitely do, but I think it might be uh, a good idea just to get into that, and then that might uh, help us to uh, draw some conclusions. So I don't want to tip my hand too early here. Okay, so let's just let's just use this, and will you guys will you guys answer these questions for me? Yes. And yeah. so if if you answer them, and then uh, there's kind of a secondary question that I like to put on this when I'm using it with myself and using it with uh, the people that I'm discipling. Uh, so I'll, I'll ask the first question and then then um, you guys, if you we'll just pretend we're doing this for real and yeah. um, because we really are. We all have these kind of emotional prog- programs running. So number one, here's the rules for the exercise. There's no right or wrong answers. So you don't so this isn't like a spiritual quiz where you have to be right or avoid being wrong and well, that's number, good yeah yeah because yeah. we know where we'd all yeah us geniuses would end up and number two is the answer the questions um of how you feel at your worst moment 
because that's that's where where the enemy tempts us. He doesn't really tempt us a whole lot when we're on top of the world, but when we're at our worst moment, uh, maybe you've just had an argument with somebody or you've been criticized or put down or something mm-hmm. that you feel really bad about, answer and answer the questions from your gut, not from your head, because we all know the right spiritual answer answer yeah but not but but so those are the, those are the only two things um so we're not looking for right answers we're just looking for honest mm-hmm. gut level answers so well, let me ask the first question okay and if you guys would both answer it'd be great when i think about at my worst moment when i think about being with god i feel what um yeah i think terrified is is where i would go with that um yeah yeah, I'd go with scared or terrified, definitely. Okay, scared or terrified. Yeah. Um, all right, and I think I would have that same thing. Um, and typical answers for that would be, when I think about being with God, I feel concerned or anxious, unacceptable. Right, so, yeah. yeah. Um, so um, so then my follow-up question would, to that would be is, you know, kind of what's the thought or what's the belief that's riding along with that feeling? So, well, probably not being adequate enough. Yeah. So, yeah, the, I would so, agree with that. so the thought might be, I'm not adequate. Yeah, I'm not adequate. Okay. Okay. So, let's go to the next question. Okay. Um, and I'm right trying to write your answers down because we want to go back and you, yeah. this is really a, a written exercise. And as the listeners, if the, if the listeners write these down, they'll get a lot more benefit out of it than just doing it in their head. Yeah. Because when you get to the end of this exercise, it's important to be able to look back at these answers yeah. and and let them have the full weight of the impact. Yeah. It the always helps to be able impact. to see this stuff. It really does, especially for us visual, pe- yeah, visual folks. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so this next question is, when I have to trust God, I feel... Hmm. I have to trust God. I feel nervous. Okay. Yeah. I my I think mine would be I, I feel lost. Hmm. That's good. Okay. And then uh, and then a part two question, and maybe I'll change this up a little bit. The part two, the part B of the question is, what's the thought that's riding along with feeling nervous or lost? Nervous for me would be, I guess the best way to explain it was, would be disappointed. I don't want to be disappointed. Okay, I don't. In his idea of what I need in my life. Yeah, so maybe where the thought would be. So if I trust him and then it doesn't happen the way I'm hoping it's going to happen. Then I'll get really disappointed. So, so just correct me if I'm wrong, but could you say, um, He's going to disappoint me or he'll let me down? Yeah, he'll let me down. Okay. Or not do what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, feeling unsure of if he has my best interests in mind is kind of where I go with it. Yeah. Because I feel like I know what's best for me. Oh, yeah, exactly. Great. Those are great answers. Um, you know, another one is that um, here's, here's one that is also typical for this. When I have to trust God he's going to make me go through something really painful to right. teach me something. Yeah. yeah. And so, so that's a, also a common. Okay. Question number three, when I think about God, I wish, 
When I think about God, I wish. Hmm. Yeah, that's a tough one. I wish he would listen. Well, that's great. Because so many times you pray and pray and pray about something and it doesn't change. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. At least that's. Yeah, so, I don't know if so, that's what so, the question's saying. Yeah, but. yeah. It's there's not a right and wrong answer. So maybe you could another thing aside from listening is that maybe he would actually do something. Right. Yeah. Like get off the get off the diamond. Yeah. Yeah. Man, no, I was make some changes. Say, hurry here. up. Yeah. Hurry up. <laughs> yeah. 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 What's taking you so long? Why are you so patient? I just don't get it. Yeah. I really like you guys. How how uh, open and honest you're being. Because these are things that really, you know, a lot of us will be thinking and feeling, but not ever come out. So thanks for thanks for being so candid. Sure. Yeah, no problem. That's great. Um, okay, so that take that brings us up to our question number four. Sometimes I get angry with God when I would say when He's patient with others. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I when you see other people, yeah, I want to see results. Their prayers coming true, yeah, and then like, yours not. Snap out of it. Yeah. You mean when he doesn't change others? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Great. How about you, Noah? Sometimes I get angry when God, oh, with God when, yeah, probably just when, even when I stub my toe, you know, just anything yeah. that goes wrong in my day, you know, I can switch that right over and get mad at him. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, that's uh, what typically I say and the answers that folks that abuse is with is when things don't go my way yeah kind of kind of uh yeah for some reason i expect everything to just go perfect sure you I, know i'm abiding in christ right <laughs> exactly I, I yeah should, i shouldn't have to stub my toe yeah i talk to you every day why do i why do i get stub my toe you know it's kind of embarrassing to admit these things but these are the things that go on inside us oh yeah so okay so the thought behind that when i get angry with god what's the thought that's running along with those feelings it's almost just like I'm a brat. Like said so. I feel, uh-huh. you know, uh-huh. I want it my way. Uh-huh. And when it doesn't happen, ah, it's God's yeah. fault. Yeah, I, I think I'd agree with that too. <laughs> yep. And another one that's really interesting, I really love uh, this answer. This kind of common too is that he's kind of personally singled me out to pick on me. Yeah. You know, so I get angry with that because it's like, well, couldn't you go find somebody else to teach a lesson to? Do you have to teach me? And so he's kind of like picking on me. Yeah, I remember when I was painting houses, you know, you do the same thing over and over again. It's the exact same thing. And then most of the time it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And you're like, why doesn't this work? It doesn't make any sense why it worked so many other times and now it's not working. So, yeah, he's picking on me. Yeah, yeah. Or and he's and he's picking on me just so he can teach me something. Like, couldn't he go teach? Yeah, couldn't he just? Couldn't he go teach those people that Mike wants to change something? Yeah, or don't do it at my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> don't, yeah. Okay, so question number five is: It frustrates me when God wants me to change. Okay, change something oh, that's about good. myself. Yeah, that's really good. Is that what you would say? I, I would say so. I mean, that's that's a pretty good answer to that. Because so, you definitely don't want to sometimes. Yeah. So why? So what would be the thought that would ride along with that one? Hmm. I think. Well, this just popped in my head too. Um, when God wants me to forgive people. Oh yeah. 
Because sometimes that's very hard to do. Great. Yeah. Thanks for bringing that up. Yeah. Yeah. And you just, you want to stay mad. Yeah. How come? I don't know. Maybe you'd be in control. Yeah. 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 Well, it's kind of energizing. Oh, yeah. It's kind of like, there are kind of a lot of benefits to being angry, feeling oh, angry. Absolutely. It's kind of enjoyable, I hate to admit. But yeah, it is. You can kind of take pleasure in being angry to somebody. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Oh, and I can, and I also, I can feel kind of morally superior, like. Yeah. Feeling I, righteous. Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so that takes us to question number six. I really enjoy God when. The day goes great. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How often does that happen? <laughs> I'd rather not talk about that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Everything goes my way. Yeah. And Kids are behaving. Wife behaving. <laughs> Listening to me. Oh, that's good. Gas prices are great. <laughs> okay. So... Um, is there a thought that kind of goes behind that feeling that when everything's going great? Yeah. Like you're doing everything right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Seeing, I'm seeing a pattern here. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so kind of that, that question kind of helps us to see that when God approves of me, things go good. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So that's kind of the thought behind, Yeah. you know, if he's, if, and I, and then I can enjoy him, but. But for the most part, I don't really enjoy him. Right. Because every day doesn't go good. So, yeah. All right. So, question number seven. One thing I would change about myself to please God is now just pick one. Yeah. <laughs> I had about 50 just rush into my brain. So, let me slow that down and try to pick one. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That is a tough one. Could you read that one more time, Steve? Sure. What's the one thing I would change about myself to please God? Hmm. And then remember, this is at your worst moment, not not when you, not when that one day that happens when everything right, goes yeah. great and you're, and you're madly in love with your wife and she's madly in love with you. It's right. A, it's it's. Um, How about go to him when there's problems? Yeah, that's great. One thing I'd change about myself to please God is I'd go to him when I have problems. Yeah, because I definitely don't as much as I'd like to. Yeah. I definitely mm-hmm. go down the hill <laughs> and couple twists and everything before I go to him. Okay, great. Yeah, and I would say my focus um, because uh, sometimes when uh, sometimes I feel like I'm not focused on him as much as I know I should be. And, uh, more of the problem you're talking about? You're focused more on the problem or just focus yeah, on anything focus on else? The, yeah, anything else besides him. Yep. And, you know, I feel guilty about that, that I'm not focused on him as much as my, you know, I tell people you, we need to focus on God. Oh, yeah. But I don't know if I do it as much as I tell other people to do it. So yeah, that's one thing I would change. Yeah, that's great. And I think um, another common answer to that question is, and that's why I narrowed it down to one, is most people say, well, I'd change everything about me. Right, yeah. Because yeah. as a friend of mine told me yesterday, nothing about me is pleasing to God. Right. So, um, okay. So Yeah, I bet a lot of people feel that way. Yeah. 
And I know I've felt that way before. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you me know, too. Many, especially, many at, especially at your worst moment. Right. I think that's pretty... Common. Yeah. Uh, well, for me it is. I, everything yeah. needs to... Everything would need to change. Nothing's right. pleasing to God. Nothing's pleasing to God. Yeah. So that's great. Okay. Thanks for, thanks for these really great candid answers. Uh, okay. Number eight. When I think about God's commands, I feel... In a box... Hmm. confined i guess great inadequate yeah that's a good one all right inadequate in a box confined Noah, yours almost sounds kind of like you're in prison oh yeah yeah so that's that's great so i'm just writing these down um other answers that are kind of common are overwhelmed hmm yeah. When I think about God's commands, I just feel totally overwhelmed. Like, uh, where am I going to start? Yeah. We're, uh, there's no way I'm going to be able to even start on the first one. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Or even hopeless. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, uh, so what's the thought, you know, what is the thought that's behind that emotion of feeling overwhelmed or trapped or in a box or inadequate? Just that I'll never be able to do it. Yeah, and if you and if you phrase that in a positive way, how would you say I'll never be able to do it? If you could change it around and flip it so it's put it in a positive. In thing. a positive way would be I can do anything with Christ. Yeah, but the, but the apo- oh, without mm-hmm. without Christ in it, you mean? Or, yeah. Hmm. So like I'll never be able to do it. Is if if I change that to a positive, it might sound something like. I, can I absolutely must do it. Oh, right? yeah. I yeah. must attain and meet up to these really high expectations. And those in, and those expectations are like, would be like jumping over the moon. Right. Right. Yeah. I get what you're saying. So, I mu- yeah. so I'm, so I've changed it from like, I can't do it to like, I absolutely must do it because that's the, that's the thing I have running in my, I'll do everything in my, my power to do it. Yeah. And it's not enough. Yeah. So it's like, Here's the command: jump over the moon. Mm-hmm. And I can like white men can't jump, and I can't. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay. Great. Okay. So, um, num- uh, number nine. Sometimes I wish God would. Hmm. Wish God would. We're being honest here. My worst moment. Yep. Leave me alone. Okay. Oh, that's good. Quit paying so much attention to me. Thanks for being so honest. Yeah, <laughs> that's really great. No, that is good. You know, most of us would like not want to say that. You, you're the man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm moving away from you in case that lightning bolt hits. <laughs> no, okay. that's good. Anything else, Noah? I don't know. That was a pretty good one. Yeah, yeah, it's, and uh, so that's leave me alone. I think some uh, some of uh, others of us. Um, would just uh, would say, well, I wish he'd talk to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, talk to you more. Yeah, yeah, like like audibly speak to me so that I'm so eliminate my confusion. Tell me what to do. Give me the right answer. Doesn't have to be a guessing game. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a guessing. That he would actually connect with me. Yeah. So those are some other some other things that we have um, running. Okay, number ten. I can really depend upon God when. Hmm. When everything is going good. Okay. Well, at our at my worst moment, I would say when I'm doing everything right. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah, I think Mike are saying Mike and I are saying the same thing, just different. Yeah, Mike's, different words. Mike's Mike's is, he's doing everything right, and for you, like every all the circumstances are falling in right. Yeah, because so, I yeah. did everything right. Because you already did it. Yeah, I already did everything right, so yeah. everything is falling into place. Yeah. So then, so then, uh, then I can really depend on God. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah, so um, I'm starting to realize I'm all into works here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, join the crowd. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. So is there a thought behind, is there a thought behind that? I can depend on him when everything goes right or when uh, I'm doing everything right. Yeah. I think it's just for me works. Like I've done everything to please him. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So now he's blessing me to have it go right. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're really onto something about it being in a works mentality because, you know, if we could get spiritual for a second and, and uh, say, well, you know, I, I got to bring some righteousness to this equation. You know, uh, it's not just about you doing everything for me. It's, you know, I've, I've got some skin in this game. I've got, uh, I'm doing my part to make this relationship work. Right. Yeah. And and it seems like from how we've answered the question so far that that's a pretty big part. Yeah. Like, like maybe our part's bigger than God's part. Yeah. yeah. That, does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. Like you've basically put 70% in and he's put 30% in. Yeah. Kind of thing. Mm, yeah. Or, maybe, or if not more. Yeah. 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 Because if, if, uh, everything, if everything, if, if Mike has to do everything right, like, everything right then mike's pretty much kind of responsible for a hundred percent yeah yeah and then god will be pleased dependable yeah yeah and if mike doesn't do everything right then he really can't depend on god yeah when's the last time you did everything right mike well (laughs) (laughs) next question okay okay let's move on moving on to question number 11 uh, in my relationship with God, I'm always sure that he will blink. Hit me with a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> For real? Yeah. Okay. He'll always punish me. Okay. Great. Uh, I would. I think I would have to say uh, correct or discipline me. Yeah. Yeah. And I probably would say judge me mm-hmm. or condemn me. Yeah. And uh, And let me look here, see what else. Oh, here's some other ones that are, um, expose me. Ooh. Mm. That's a good one, huh? Yeah, Yeah. that's good. Uh, Or, or he's just going to criticize me and point out what I've done wrong. Yeah. Okay, great. So then, uh, number 12, one thing that frightens me about God is. His wrath. Okay. His wrath. I guess, you know, it could be judgment, all that Mm -hmm. that we talked about. Yep. And I think I'm going to steal an answer from 11 that you said and expose me. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah. Any other things that might frighten you about God? Yeah, that um, this one just popped in my head that he could kill me. Yeah. 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 Just take me away. Yep. Another one that's kind of common is is, is that we have this idea that he's going to do something awful to me to get mm-hmm. my attention right? or mm-hmm. to teach me something like yeah. give me cancer or 
worse yet, give one of my kids cancer mm-hmm. yeah. or even take my child, take to, my child get my, yeah. to get my attention. Yeah. Or take my wife or. Yeah. 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 And then depending on whether or not your kids are teenagers, you'll think you're either being blessed or cursed. Yeah, by that's God. true. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So um, number 13, God surprises me when. When I have a good day. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, when, uh, gosh, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, I don't know if I have an answer for that one. Yeah, that's okay. So maybe the answer would be mm, he doesn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. Yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he, he just doesn't. He doesn't surprise me. Yeah. Okay, great. And so then the 14 is our last question, and that is the one thing I fear God will do is. Uh, I have so many that kind of rushed in. Um, do you have one, Mike? Yeah. Um, it's kind of general, but cause me to fail mm. in some way. Cause me to fail in some way. Yeah. That's great. How about you, Noah? Yeah, I think it's what we were talking about before is take a loved one away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think yeah. those are both those are both good good and common answers to those to that question <clears throat> and so here's another one where um he's going to get back at me because i've disobeyed oh yeah and, and he and he actually needs to retaliate against me hmm. it's yeah. like because he's just he needs it's like in his nature that he's going to actually come get me come get you punish yeah. you yeah punish me yeah you finally did one sin too many yep and he's coming. Mm, that's right. Yeah. And and so that and there and there's nothing that's going to stop it. Okay. Yeah. So, so we don't want to leave it there. No. Um, right. We're 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 cooking along. So the value of this exercise is is a there's several values to it. One is to like come to the conclusion that we have a kind of a unbiblical, twisted view of who God really is mm-hmm. at an emotional level. We might have it all dialed in intellectually but let's just look at this and so mike could you could you read your answers and then kind of give a description based on those answers of what emotionally you feel god is like um yeah so my answers were terrified lost uh, i wish god would hurry up he's too patient he wants me to change things don't go my way very often i wish they would i don't focus on him very well. I'm inadequate. I wish he would leave me alone. Sometimes I feel like I have to do everything right. Uh, I feel like he's always going to correct or uh, punish me in some way. I'm afraid he's going to expose me. Uh, he doesn't surprise. He doesn't surprise me, and I'm afraid he's going to cause me to fail. So could you could you just change that up, shift gears just a little bit, and then because you were talking about how you felt that way, but could now now can you say it like, mm, like God, God's terrifying. If I'm lost, he's not he's not going to help me. Right. He just he's slow to act and answer my prayers. Right. Something like that. Can you? Uh, I'm not sure what you're asking me. Well, I'm. I, you kind of mentioned you kind of read that as how you were feeling. So let me let me try it. See if this describes uh, your emotional concept of God. So, Mike, from what you said, God's terrifying. Mm -hmm. 
he's he's not going to come looking for you because you're lost and he really doesn't care. Right. You're going to want him to move and answer prayers and and act, and he's just going to drag his feet. Right. He's patient with other people, but not you. Right. Um, he'd really like you to change. Right. And you know, like it's and and you can't change anything about yourself, but he'd but if you would, he'd be pleased. Nothing ever goes your way because God plans it that way. Right. And he really demands that you focus on him more, but you've kind of failed. Right. Um, he's got these standards for you that you can never live up to. And he's kind of annoying. He's always bugging you, coming after you, nitpicking you. Right. And won't leave, he won't ever leave you alone. And he also expects you to do everything right. Not just some things, but everything right. Right. And, and every time he gets a chance, he's going to correct and discipline you and expose you. And, uh, and he's, and he doesn't even care enough about you to give you like a surprise birthday gift or right. Yep. And on top of that, he's actually going to make you fail Mm -hmm. at the things that are most important to you. Right. So does that kind of adequately describe your emotional concept of God? Well, yeah, my worst moment. Absolutely. At your worst moment. Yeah. Yeah. And it's it's funny that, I mean, it's not really funny, but it really describes how I felt about my have my earthly father. Uh-huh. Um, and, you know, I have told you this story before. I may have told you to know about uh, when I was a kid, I was so terrified of my father that... Uh, I was afraid to ask him anything. I was afraid to ask him to go outside and play. Uh, I was afraid to ask him to go down the street to play football with my friends. And I would argue with my brother, Jake, all the time about uh, who's going to go ask Dad if we can go out and play. Because I was I was so afraid of getting yelled at or, or some demands put on me before... Uh, you know, a list of chores or something like that before we could go and do something fun. And it got to the point where I would have battles, including fistfights with my brother over going out to play. And I would even say to him, well, we're going to, I'm not going to ask. And we couldn't do anything without asking. You know, you always had to ask. We couldn't just go do what we wanted. But yeah, I would literally get in fistfights with my brother over, who's going to ask dad to go outside and play because he wanted me to ask him, but it always seemed like if he asked, we would get to do it. But if I asked, Mm. you know, I always thought that we're not going to get to go and I'm going to get yelled at for even asking. So I think, um, that really translated, uh, once I became a Christian, I thought, well, great. I have a new heaven. I have a new, I have a new God. You know, I have a, uh, this, this good father, but I'd really transferred a lot of those feelings mm. from my dad over to my heavenly father, right? Which was totally unfair, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. So, yeah, that was it. Was it, that was? I, I know I brought that with me, that, that baggage. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure you're the only one that ever did that, too, Mike. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think everybody does that in some, you know some scale yeah 
Yeah, and it's great. So was that helpful to you to see how you had done that, that you had done that, what what you mentioned, transferred that over to your Heavenly Father? Yeah, it was very beneficial to go through this exercise. This isn't the first time I've gone through this. And, you know, the when I realized uh, that it was... When I, when I thought about my earthly father, I was transferring to my heavenly father. Um, I had a lot of bitterness towards my dad, uh, even up to, you know, 20 years ago. Hmm. And uh, I just really had a hard time and w- with how I felt I was raised wrong. And uh, I just really felt that I got a, you know, I got a raw deal because I had such a terrible father. And... It just really, I had a lot of bitterness in my heart uh, towards him for a lot of years. Um, But going through this exercise, it really helped me to, first of all, realize that my Heavenly Father isn't like this at all. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes it's really hard for me to answer some of these questions because I'm so tuned in to, I have a really good father now. Mm, And I I don't see God— this way, that way you know yeah. I have a lot more uh, good moments than worse moments mm-hmm. and so but when I and when I do have those bad moments I recognize pretty quickly that well I should I, I don't have to be terrified of God I really aren't uh, I'm really not lost I really don't uh, think it's bad to be patient mm-hmm. you know so, yeah, I don't know if that answers your question. Or not. Yeah, yeah, no, that yeah, was that, that was a you know um, one of the benefits because one thing we don't want to leave people with is is uh, stuck with this concept of God. We want to be able to look at it and go, oh, these are twists or distortions that you know distorted view. Kind of like you know, I don't think the devil ever just comes out and goes, well, you know, God's really a bad God, but he had twisted a little bit so that we're afraid of him yeah um or so so we might have this idea that he's patient with others but not patient with me and so we put it we always have a little twist running there in the back of our mind or in emotions and and so i so one of the benefits of having this exposed like this is this is kind of like bringing to light mm-hmm. this concept that's running in our in a background kind of like you know kind of like an operating system and then to be able to reprogram that to challenge this operating system. And you could go by it point by point if you want to. And I'd like to encourage our listeners to get in touch with Noah, um, email him or get on the podcast and talk to him about how to challenge each of these thoughts because uh, he's done it. And and he'll have some great ideas on that of uh, of challenging these ideas of, because they're really false ideas or twisted ideas of what God's really like. And so it's, so one of the great things about this is it exposes that it brings it to the light and then being in the light, uh, we're able to, you know, basically watch it evaporate in the light. Kind of like Mike has a hard time doing this exercise now because it's so foreign to the way he's thinking and feeling and experiencing God. Right. Right. So, is is that helpful? I think so. I think it's very helpful. I mean, just for me filling out it, you know, I can relate with Mike talking about how you look at your earthly father. And, you know, my dad, I know everyone knows my dad and loves him. And 
I love them too, but you know, I can see a lot of <clears throat> things that I did as well. Like, cause my dad was always traveling, always gone. Mm-hmm. So I always felt like God's always leaving me and mm-hmm. never there. And, you know, just the last couple of years, just really focusing on the Lord and getting that relationship with the Lord. It's changed a lot for me yeah. and see how much he loves me. Mm-hmm. So I think everybody does it. Yeah, I, I do too. I, and I think it's great to just recognize that we do that. And then, then we get to challenge those kind of deceptions. Yeah. Like you would be the, like that God would ever go on a trip and leave you. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Like, and Mike and I were talking about that driving up here. It's like, we have these beliefs because of the thoughts behind these things are actual beliefs yeah. that I believe God would abandon me, go yeah. on a trip. He might call home from time to time. Yeah. He, he might still love me, but he's not there for me to go hug him or hold him or yeah. cry on, cry or tell him my joys. Yeah. And so that's an actual belief that we have. And then we act on those beliefs mm-hmm. and that's where we really get fouled up. Yeah. We get screwed yeah. because we're, we always act on our beliefs. We just don't always recognize what those beliefs are. And so that's, what's really cool about this exercise is it uncovers those beliefs and then we can challenge them with the truth. Like, like you were saying though, it's like, God will never leave me or forsake me. He's always there. Yeah. He's always there. He lives inside you. He lives. Yeah. <laughs> if he lives inside, wherever me, you I'll, go, he goes. Yeah. yeah. It's great. Yeah. You know, the, the cool thing is we all, nobody really has a perfect dad. I mean, I've got three kids and seven grandkids and mm-hmm. you know, I, I know that I've done some wrong things and everybody's got a dad that's, or some people don't know who their dad is, but right. you know, uh, we've all got issues with our earthly father and uh but yeah it's really cool to recognize that we transfer that like you said and um it's we really do have a good and perfect father uh that loves us um and it's okay that our dads were you know the way that they were yeah and and they did our best and I've, I've come to forgive my dad and because being a dad myself, I realize how hard it is and you really don't have a clue when you have your kids mm-hmm. of, of how to do it. All you know is what you've been taught. Right. And my dad was, did what he did because that's how he was taught and mm-hmm. on it goes. Could you tell the poster story? I love this poster story. Yeah. So yeah, I had said earlier about how terrified of my dad was, I, I was, um, you know, my, my dad got us a lot of stuff, and we were pretty spoiled, uh, but I was still terrified of him. And we had, uh, um, I mean, we had a pony. We had all the race cars. We had all the Hot Wheels, the train tracks. And, oh, wow. You know, we were, me and my brother had just about everything. We mm. never had to ask, boy, I hope I get this for Christmas, because he really did spoil us. Yeah. And um, we... My parents were divorced, uh, and I was raised by my dad pretty much. My mom was out of the picture for many years. But um, me and my brother, uh, we would get left alone on the weekends because my dad was always working. And uh, we were horsing around in our bedroom one afternoon uh, lifting weights. And I don't remember if it was me or my brother Jake, but... We were, we were lifting weights and, and we lost, one of us lost our balance and we fell backwards with the weight over our head and we fell backwards and we 
uh, one of us hit our head on the wall and put a big hole in it about the size of a basketball. Oh, man. And so it was about <laughs> 24 inches up from the bottom, from the floor cool. in the wall. And we were just, like, terrified. We were thinking, oh, my God. You know, that's one thing you didn't do was to create extra work for Dad. Yeah. Um, well, yeah, we. I just was terrified. Yeah. I thought, well, what are we going to do? You know, this is, like, the worst thing in the world that could possibly happen. So we had uh, bunk beds in our room, and so what we decided to do was we thought, well, we'll put a poster up on the wall and cover this up so he'll never see it. Hmm. And we moved our bunk beds in front of the poster, uh, and I remember I was on the bottom bunk and my brother was on the top, and so that poster was was just right at the... Uh, the poster came down below the mattress a little bit, so it wasn't a natural place to put the poster. It right. was it was obvious that we were hiding something, but I think we were probably 10 or 11 years old, and we thought, well, this will at least get us some time. He'll yeah. never see it. Hopefully, maybe he'll just think. You just put it in a yeah. weird place. Yeah, we yeah. just put it in a weird place. Uh-huh. You know, It wasn't centered on the bed. It wasn't anything. Yeah. It was just totally unnatural. So, you know... We just, you know, waited for dad to get home. He didn't say anything, you know, and we just got one of these days he's going to find it and we're just going to get in so much trouble. Mm-hmm. Well, years later, we uh, we used to go to our uh, my aunt's house out in the country and we'd spend the weekends there. And uh, we would do that about three or four times a year, usually during the summer or sometimes during winter break. But we don't, you know, we'd go out there pretty regularly. And one time, we came home from that from one of our weekends at our aunt's house, and um, we never moved those beds. You know, those beds that stayed there, <laughs> that poster stayed there, and I don't even remember what the poster was, but it was, uh, you know, it was kind of getting tattered, and mm-hmm. you know, because I slept right next to it, and I was oh, always yeah, hitting yeah. it. But one day, I've, I I touched the poster. Just to see, you know, make sure, man, I know that hole is still there. Uh-huh. And I felt it, and it was solid. Huh. And I thought, what in the world? So I took one of the thumbtacks off and looked behind it, and the hole was gone. <laughs> it had been filled in, patched, Uh-oh. painted. Huh. And and I, we, we, I, I said, Jake... The hole's gone. He's like, what? And so we took the poster down. The hole was completely gone. So my dad, at some point, found out about it, fixed it, painted it, and never said a word to us about it. And put the poster over it again. And put the poster (laughs) back over it. (laughs) And we were just shocked that he would do that. We were even starting to think, did we... Did we really put a hole in the wall? Right, were yeah, we just yeah. imagining that? Uh-huh. But that poster was there for so long that we knew that it was there. And he fixed it for us and never, he didn't punish us. Huh. And so it made me, it made me realize that he wasn't as bad as I thought he was. Right. You know, he wasn't that mean and brutal, terrifying father that I thought he was. Mm-hmm. He did something and never brought it up to us and never said a word to us. And 
yeah, it really made me have a different appreciation for him. Yeah. And, and it gave, it, it, it allowed me to have some grace towards him mm-hmm. and it allowed me to have some grace for myself too. Right. As an adult. Um, you know, cause I had, you know, that happened and I completely forgot about it. And then, you know, we start talking about our fathers and I remember it. It was like, no, he really wasn't as bad as I thought he was. Right. You know, he really did do his best. So did that help you when you looked at God when you did something wrong? Yeah, it did. Yeah. Yeah, it really, um, yeah, because that was a lot of work for him. Yeah. You know, to patch, Absolutely. to patch a big hole like that. And he should have been mad. Yeah. I probably would have been mad if my kids did it. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it really made me have a new appreciation for him, and it really showed me the soft side of God, too. And mm-hmm. it's like... He's even better than that. Yeah, because just think how many times we punch a hole in the drywall every day. Yeah. And the Lord's just like, come on. It's already fixed. Let's go. Yep. You know, that's a cool story. Thank you. Yeah, Yeah. I really thing I really like about that, Mike, is um, how you guys had this terror about your dad. Uh, And I think that, like Noah was saying, that we have that about the Lord, our Heavenly Father, where we've done something wrong. He's already fixed it. We think it's still there mm-hmm. until we touch that poster and feel it, and then it's solid. And I think that's kind of what we're talking about with this exercise. To be able, to, we're touching. We're kind of like touching a poster. And we're t- finding out what God's like, and we're also finding out that the hole's no longer there. Yeah, that right. it's not about our performance. It's not about our works. It's not about um, our mess us, ups. Our yeah. mess ups or our successes. It's really about what kind of father we have and that relationship we have with him. Yeah, and the enemy wants you to think the hole is still behind there. Yeah, yeah, you know, like for sure. Yeah, I don't All know how years. long I w- we went with thinking that that hole was there. Yeah, it was. I mean, it was a constant reminder. Oh, I'm sure. But I just <clears throat> never checked to see if it was fixed. Definitely the poster's in the exact same spot. So yeah. you would never think yeah. it was fixed. Yep. Yeah, so maybe that's a good that maybe that's a good uh, point for us as believers that hey, reach out and touch that poster and see if it's fixed cuz you never know it might you might actually find some righteousness but there where you thought was totally a giant giant hole. hole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you might find out that it's God's righteousness. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, now it's yours. Yeah. yeah. The enemy just doesn't want you to touch it. Yeah. He just wants you sure. to believe that the hole's there. Yep. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yeah. So if it's okay with you guys, I'm going to just kind of go through and kind of summarize what our goofy, I mean, we all have kind of similar ideas. Uh, one thing that's fun to do with this t- concept is do it with somebody you r- grew up in the same household with. I did this with. Mm my brother Tom and we ended up coming up with like totally different concepts of God because of the way we reacted to our dad. We both had different ideas yeah, of, how, of how God uh, interacted with us. And that, it was really kind of fun to look at. It was like, we looked at each other when we were done. It was like, did you grow up in the same house as I did? Cause <laughs> anyway, so, okay. So let's, uh, let me grab my, my little cheat sheet here to kind of help me. So we went through an answer. At Noah and Mike answered these questions, and I have some other answers. So, basically, our concept, our emotional concept of God, and we're going to kind of, I'm going to kind of focus on you, Mike, is that God's terrifying. 
he'll let you wander around lost like a lost sheep and he mm-hmm. won't even care he just like well he mikes out there wandering he's lost and that's right. okay he just let him be lost uh he he's not in no hurry to answer your prayers or take care of you or or even care for you he's just kind of like on god time and it doesn't really matter to him about you or your troubles yeah. He's patient with other people, but not so patient with you. And he's, and he's actually patient with other people who you wish would hurry up and get off the diamond change. Mm-hmm. And he's always wanting you to change something about yourself. Mm. In fact, he'd really like you to change everything about yourself. Right. And everything only goes well. He's only pleased with you when everything's going well. So since not everything always goes well, he's never pleased with you. Right, you right. can never do enough. He always wishes you that, Mike, you were more focused on him. And he's got such high standards that you're completely inadequate. You can't meet him. It's just he might as well be asking you to physically jump over the moon. His right. standards are so high. And uh, he's kind of annoying. He's always poking at you, prodding at you, hitting you. Mm-hmm. And like Noah said, he's always going to hit me with a hammer. Mm-hmm. You know, you have that emotion going. So these are our emotional concept of God, not what we know in our mind, but we're what we, that, that kind of program we have running in our heart. Um, and so we actually want him to, like, leave us alone. Could you just leave me alone and stop hitting me? Because right. uh, it's kind of painful to be in his presence. And he wants me to do everything right. He's always going to correct or discipline you or punish you. And he might even expose you. And all your faults and weaknesses to everybody else that's supporting you. Let's see. What else do I have here? Yeah, so basically he likes everyone but you. Yeah, maybe. And maybe he doesn't like anybody. (laughs) But but definitely not not you. Uh, So he's going to punish you. You're going to feel his wrath. And the bottom line is he might even cause you to fail. Mm. Absolutely cause you to fail sometime. Yeah. yeah. On purpose. Right. So is that about right, Mike? Yep. That's about right. So when you have that emotional concept of God running in a background, what are what are some things that you could do to like upgrade? I'm thinking of like like when we had DOS computers or when we always have an upgrade. This this seems like this program needs an upgrade. You know, that's got bugs in it. Right. Yeah. Right. What how would you go about that, Mike? Yeah, I, you know, you really have to, uh, first of all, identify that these things are uh, not true. And um, I really like the idea of, which we had talked about in part one, about using, recognizing that these things are uh, things that we may have gotten from our, our earthly father. And, you know, once we do that, then we can assign those their proper role they're not they're not really uh, uh, to be assigned to our our heavenly father but you know it's from our imperfect earthly father and in first corinthians 13 i think it gives us a real accurate representation of who our heavenly father really is and if i could read from that and what i'll do is i'll exchange uh, I think a good exercise is to exchange uh, the word love for our Father, our Heavenly Father. Hmm. So, 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 can I just ask why you would do that? Well, because uh, if God is if God is love, uh, and and God is our 
as our father, then I think it's it's a uh, it's an accurate uh, substitution. So you're 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 kind of telling me First Corinthians thirteen is all about God, not necessarily what I ought to be doing. Yeah, that's exactly right. Okay. Um, yeah, because you know he's he's the perfect one. We're not the perfect one. Mm. He's the one that's faithful. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, we're we're not necessarily faithful as as human beings. He's the perfect and faithful one. So, so I think it's a good exercise to do that to to, to do this. Okay, great. Well, can you read that as you want to then, and then maybe I'll throw kind of like the devil's advocate, I'll throw some of these beliefs afterwards and see how you'll handle those using the scriptures. Okay. So starting uh, 1 Corinthians 13, starting in verse 4, and I'm using the New American Standard version here. My father is patient. My father is kind. My father is not jealous. My father does not brag. And my father is not arrogant. My father does not act unbecomingly, and he does not seek his own or is not provoked. He does not take into account a wrong suffered. My father does not rejoice in unrighteousness, but rejoices with the truth. My father bears all things. My father believes all things. My father hopes all things, and my father endures all things. My father never fails. Hmm. Wow. And uh, I think if we re- if we skip down to verse eleven, when we were prepping for this, I realized that uh, that this verse was here and it's connected to this in this chapter. Um, and I like to read this. It says, "When I was a child, I used to speak like a child, think like a child, reason like a child. But when I became a man, I did away with childish things." So I think that's that kind of reinforces the argument that that we can use these verses to describe our Heavenly Father. And it's very easy for me to go back to this list of being terrified and having a wrong concept of my Heavenly Father, Uh, but that really is a childish thing. Um, Now that I'm a man, I need to think like a man and recognize that I have a good Heavenly Father and I I don't have to be afraid to go to Him. I don't have to be terrified. I can come to him freely. All right. So let me let me kind of be the childish guy because that kind of fits in with where I live most of the time. <laughs> um, so how would you say uh, I've got this belief that uh, for, from question number five frustrates me when God wants me to change something about myself? And kind of the thought behind that is, well, you're my father but you're expecting the impossible. I've tried changing myself and it's so frustrating because I don't seem to be able to do anything. Mm-hmm. Hmm. So if that's my childish distorted concept of God saying that my, my belief really is, Hey, you're expecting the impossible, right? How would you, how, how would from the scriptures there would my father, my heavenly father be different than that? Well, there's, I think there's a few different attributes here that you could uh, counter that with. Uh, one is the first one, that he is patient. And uh, there's another one here that jumps out at me. Uh, he does not seek his, his, its own. So I think 
even if there is something that needs to change in us, he's very, very patient with us. And it's not like, yeah, he, he, he'll just wait. And as long as it takes. And another one here is that he bears all things. So, yeah, that's, I wasn't expecting to come at me with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I like how he's like always there, even though I don't choose him. And in my head, he's over there. You know, he's not with me. But then as soon as you come back, he's right there. But he's always been there. Mm. Yeah. You know, in my head, I'm coming back, but he's always been there. He's never <laughs> left. Right? Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the distortion is that he's gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the, that's the belief that he, he's not around anymore. Because I think we look at each other like, Steve, if I leave you, well, you're gone. Yeah, yeah, I think we get stuck on that. Where if I don't see you, you're not around me. Yeah, wishful thinking, but I'm still here. I know that's yeah, great. Yes, you are. <laughs> All right, so Mike, let me try another one of, of, okay. of a devil's advocate. I thought you handled that really great. Okay. Um, so I I like some of these. I'm going to use one of Noah's for you. Okay. okay. So question eleven was in my relationship with God. I'm sure. He's always going to hit me with a hammer or mm. punish me. Mm-hmm. That's a belief I have. What are you going to tell me about that? I mean, how are we going to like challenge? Oh, well, it's right here. Uh, in verse five, it says, uh, love is not provoked. Uh, in order to, for that to be true, that would be, that would mean that we're, we've done something to make him mad. Mm-hmm. And, he, our father is not easily provoked or provoked at all. Actually, it doesn't say easily. It just says he's not provoked. So, yeah, aren't there some words in there too? Because I think I like the word Noah used in his his with this. Like he's always he's I can always depend on him. He's all I'm always sure. What are some always words there in that passage? Because it's all because doesn't it doesn't it kind of imply that he's not it's not just sometimes he's patient right and I think that that's probably the the tense that this whole thing is written in uh, that he is always patient and he is always kind and he is never jealous and he does never he never brags and he is never arrogant so um, yeah it's a solid foundation and it's a it's a holy and righteous love. It's uh, it's not a wishy-washy love that like we have, mm. where it's dependent on uh, a certain response. His love is coming from a holy, righteous, uh, and perfect uh, foundation. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how how. Um, if if I think God's going to hit me, I I've kind of got probably this idea that He's not patient, right? Right, absolutely. And He wouldn't definitely be kind, right? And He wouldn't be forbearing, right? And He wouldn't He wouldn't bear all things, right? Because He does bear, you know, He's He bears like everything, right? So He's not going to ever hit me for anything, right? Is correct. that right? That's correct. So so I there's a lot of things in that passage that would challenge that idea that God's out to hit me. Absolutely. 
So where do you think we get that from? Do you think I get that from because I beat myself up over something? Like I would hit myself with a hammer because, you know, if I sin and like that, do something wrong, I instantly go into that depression of I'm a piece of garbage. Yeah, good question. That's a really great question. And I don't don't have an answer for that, but I think there's probably some ideas that where we we repeat the message to ourselves, mm-hmm. and then we kind of convince ourselves that God's a certain way, yeah. And that and like like this other the other person is like he goes, uh, he actually said it would be wrong for God to not hit me, right? So it's like, you know, we're like, where does that come from? And I've told myself that long enough that I actually believe it, and then it's mm-hmm. like then that that just runs yeah and then we need to be able to challenge it with his scriptures and with the truth and looking at jesus and seeing what he's really like yeah to be able to say so i'm not exactly sure where that comes from but i know that repeating that to over and over to ourselves makes it worse yeah it puts, puts a rut in your brain yeah okay, yeah that's a good yeah. way of looking at it we get in a rut and then we that thinking just continues yeah and then and then we repeat it out loud to you know, and then we, and it's like, oh, wow, I'm really, and then every, then soon as we start doing that, you know what happens? Our, our, our vision changes. And then we actually, when we believe that God hits us with everything we see around us, we get in an argument with our wife mm-hmm. and God to hit me. Yeah. I get a flat tire. I know it's, that's God hitting me. Yeah. Or I've, um, my wife is getting old and frail. And that's God punishing me. Right. Um, and so then because of our our perceptions changed. Yeah. So that's kind of what we're like shooting for here is we don't want to get mm-hmm. stuck in that. We want we yeah. want to we want to challenge those ruts because we all have those ruts. Oh, absolutely. And we want to challenge those ruts today by looking at the scriptures, looking at the truth, finding out what God's like. That's so different than the way we usually operate. Yeah. And I think it's. I think we just, in our heads, I don't know where we get it from really is where we think life is perfect. Yeah. Like, does it, you know, it doesn't say that anywhere in the Bible that once yeah. you accept Christ, life is just going to be yeah, and, and no from problem. Mike and I were talking on the way up here is like, I, I think it's perfect, you know, but I also feel like it's, I'm entitled for it to be perfect. Right. You know, like yeah. it should be perfect for me. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I'm entitled to be perfect happy i'm entitled for everything to go my way yeah and some people you see you're like oh it's perfect for them why isn't it perfect for me yeah yeah when we compare what's going on when they you know and then when you get get in then when you get in that rut we think well it's not perfect for me so now i'm entitled for it to be really bad Mm -hmm. and i really deserve god to hit me yeah not only does he's that way but i'm i'm worthy of being hit yeah so I think I think both of those are things that, in this podcast, we're challenging those beliefs. Right. God's not that way. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Neither are you. Right. That you don't deserve that. And do you think we get, a lot of the time, we get stuck in that rut because we're focusing on the sin and not just Christ? Absolutely. I, something that I really have always loved about Abiding Life Ministry was their tagline, the, that there's nothing that the nearness of Christ won't mm-hmm. cure. And I think sometimes we see that as a throwaway line, and we really don't believe that. Um, but if we have a wrong underlying 
belief, then that really isn't is that that tagline doesn't really mean anything. Mm-hmm. If we don't if we don't understand that we are totally forgiven, and then on top of that, if if we still if we carry around unforgiveness in our heart that we feel is coming from God, we feel condemned mm-hmm. and we feel uh, uh, shame. But once we completely understand how complete and perfect that sacrifice was and we understand how forgiven we really are, at that moment, we also have the opportunity to accept the gift of his righteousness because that was it was a perfect work that was done at the cross. And when our sins were totally forgiven, we were given the gift of righteousness at that very moment. Mm-hmm. And... And so that's something that that if we walk in that, we can become near to Christ without the shame. We can, mm-hmm. there is no more condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And then we can walk in closeness to Christ, and then He can start to heal all these things, all these misconceptions that we have. And I think it's amazing how the things that we that God really has in store for us that we can't imagine, but we we limit it. And when we when we think that there's something that we have to do, there's something that we have to fix in order to uh, correct our relationship with God. Mm-hmm. That's really when we get in the trap, and we're we're living a dual life where we're saying, "I'm I'm part righteous and God's part righteous," mm-hmm. or "I'm are not totally forgiven." You know, we're denying the work of the cross, and we're saying that he didn't do enough. It was a perfect and complete work, and then we can walk in it. And once we get that foundation right, then we can say the nearness of Christ mm-hmm. is something that I want. Right. And we can have that right relationship with him. I like what you're saying, Mike. I really like that a lot. And and. I, I would just like add on to that is that my understanding of all that, my like experience of that keeps growing and growing that I don't, um, and I'm really comfortable with that. I don't have to totally understand that. I just want to, like, I feel like I'm just barely scratching the paint off the surface of mm. that relationship that we have with God and that my love, my, how I'm, how I'm loved and how I love God. I'm just like barely just touching it, and uh, and I'm really good with that. Um, sometimes we feel we have to understand everything perfectly before we can buy it. I think we just have to move that direction, right? And say, okay, I don't understand. Show me, Lord, right? And then guess what? We get to we get to grow and move yeah. forward, right? Yeah, and I think really what we're talking about is the grace of God. Mm-hmm. You know, we we think it's we throw that word around, you know, the grace of God, but I really think that that's the, the, the crux of the, of the gospel, Mm -hmm. you know, that understanding of that transference of our sin to his righteousness, the gift of his righteousness. Yeah. And, you know, Romans 8, 1 talks about there's therefore no condemnation to those that are in Christ Jesus. And as we experience that and live that out, like I said before, we want to become closer to him Mm -hmm. and we are closer to him and we do experience his goodness yeah yeah and i like that word you use the gospel mike 
That's, you know, because that really means good news. And that's kind of what we're talking about here today is that it's really good news that God's not like this. Yeah. And it's really oh, good yeah. news that our relationship's not based on us having to do anything. And it's really good news that we're in Christ. And it's really good news that we get to abide in him and he abides in us. Yeah. And we can walk together with him living in us and through us. Yeah. What a, what a great gospel we have. Yes. Oh, yeah. Amen. And I'm sure like a lot of people out there, at least with me, and I'm sure there's a lot of other people, and you guys could probably agree too, is when you focus on Christ, the problem is still there, but you're walking with Christ with it. Yeah. You can learn so much with it if you just focus on Christ. Yeah. So many problems in my life I've just focused on him. The problem's still there. You know, it doesn't go away, but it's, you, you just change that focus. Your depression goes away. Because when I focus on my problem, my depression hits and, you know, yeah. you get mad if a leaf blows in front of you. You want to <laughs> destroy that leaf. <laughs> but, you know, when you're focused on Christ, you're just, problem's still there. Hey, let's see what you're going to teach me out of this. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, he, and I've kind of, I'm, you know, I'm still shifting gears. I feel like I'm, gr- I'm just really beginning in walking with the Lord. Uh, I don't, and I've been, been doing it for a long time. And that's why it's so cool that we get to do one of these on time and eternity sometime. And it's like yeah. his perception of time is way different than mine. Yeah. So it's like, I've been a believer a long time, but I'm still feel like I'm just a babe, just walking in his hands. And, and I'm thinking that I'm not sure, you know, in the past, I've really been concerned about what he's teaching me. Now I'm just enjoying being, like mm-hmm. Mike says, in his presence. Yeah. yeah. Whether I learned anything or not, I, exactly. I, I mean, how can you walk with God and not change and grow and be different and learn mm-hmm. something and and have your perception changed? And I think that's kind of what we're talking about. Our focus is our perception. And as I'm looking at him, yeah, I do have all the same problems that I had before. But I guess what? They feel way different. Yeah. That they yeah. they don't have the urgency. They don't have the because now I see that I'm really an eternal being, mm-hmm. not just a temporary being, not just today, not just this moment, but eternal. And I'm safe. Yeah, I'm comfortable in Him. So yeah, I love the process He takes us. Yeah, yeah, I like that word a lot. Yeah, process. Yeah. I was talking to Mom the other day about the processes He's brought me through in life and I always go back to rut you know because with going up to the mountains or anything when you get stuck in those ruts you just you can't get out of them but for me with the rut I always I like that the Lord when you pray about something the Lord just doesn't cover the rut up right away and he might with some things but it's a process and I like that it's like I just take a little handful of dirt and throw it in the rut you know maybe even just once every three years or something. But, you know, you're just getting closer and closer. And I like that. Yeah, speaking of ruts, remember the rut we were in in Africa together? Yes. We ought to put a picture of that <laughs> rut on the, on the podcast. And, you know, like, we could do a, we could do a whole podcast on ruts. Because yeah. that rut was, like, 12 feet deep. Oh, wow. And yeah. uh, full of mud. Uh, so Yeah, I will add so, that on the podcast. That would be fun. Yeah. Anyway, that, great thought. Yeah. You know, as yesterday, um, we watch our grand, my, my wife 
babysits our granddaughter um, on Wednesdays and Thursdays. And uh, mm-hmm. a little embarrassed to admit this, but I was watching. I bought Winnie the Pooh for my for my grandkids, and I was watching it with her because she has been introduced to it and she just loves it. Uh-huh. And the coolest thing that uh, one of the coolest things that I really love about God is when He shows me uh, Himself through something that, you know, that we do in this physical world. And the cool thing that happened yesterday was my little granddaughter was sitting on my lap just watching Winnie the Pooh and just, you know, giggling and swaying back and forth, singing the songs and and uh, and all that. And, and seeing the joy in my wife's eyes watching my granddaughter sitting on my lap. And I really think that that's where God wants us to be is he wants us to be that comfortable to come to him and to get past all these uh, thoughts of being terrified or lost or him being impatient or wanting us to change. Gosh, it just breaks my heart to think that my granddaughter would think, would be afraid of me Mm -hmm. and, and not being able to come up and sit on my lap and enjoy my company um, but yeah, seeing my wife's face uh, of joy of just seeing her enjoy Grandpa, mm-hmm. Papa, yeah, it really showed me the heart of God that he—that's what he wants. He wants us to just come and 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 nestle up with him and just enjoy his company. Mm-hmm. Um, Man, I love that. I love what you're saying, Mike. Uh, I've and I've thought about that for quite a while, and I kind of kind of think that maybe that's really maturity that's what we're really talking about is that the first shall be last and the last shall be first and enter the kingdom of god you have to come like a little child and we kind of it's almost like we go backwards in our age we start off like old people with an old concept of god and the more mature we become the more childlike we become to the point where like your granddaughter we just climb up on God's lap mm-hmm. and and our watch whatever entertainment he's given us and just laugh and enjoy mm-hmm. being there comfortable in his presence comfortable in his lap and you know I I don't I'm probably wrong but I kind of think that that's maybe what we're all or the maturing process is like we we end up being the more we do that it's kind of kind of reveals our maturity that we're just sitting there resting in him like a babe in his oh, lap absolutely yeah no that's great yeah well do you guys have anything to add to that i think yeah, i i i would like to just like follow up there's pro- there there might be some questions that come out of this and i would love to have uh noah respond to those questions so email noah uh and maybe maybe some other ideas for podcasts that, of questions that come out of this that maybe you could email any of those questions to noah uh, and that he or some other guys uh, or gals could address on this podcast because uh, i think the listeners in questions questions are really important to get that feedback um the, and maybe if this was helpful or not or how it could be more helpful yeah i think that'd be great sounds good All right, well, that wraps it up for Emotional Concept of God exercise. I think that was great, guys. Thanks so much for coming out here and doing this with me. Thanks for having us. It was a pleasure. Thank you, Noah. It's always great being with you. All right, sounds good. And 
If you guys have uh, any other, if you want to check out the website, it's abidinglife.com. If you have any questions or topics you want us to talk about in the podcast, you can reach us now at abidinglifestudios at gmail.com.